The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Have an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, oh, that's a very good question. Uh, hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky team, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Joe Napote, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Uh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom, how are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon... They will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. The Tom Sumner Program is made possible with support from Seth David Radwell, a recent guest on the program and author of American Schism, How the Two Enlightenments Hold a Secret to Healing Our Nation, released in July 2021. As Publishers Weekly writes in its recent glowing review of American Schism, business executive Radwell's epic debut examines the historical influences that have led to what he sees as the collapse of politics in the United States. Seth Radwell makes the case that the current chasm between the American right and left can be traced back to the 18th century's Age of Enlightenment and the basic tenets of liberty, equality, and reason. American Schism provides a historical perspective that can help bridge current-day divides. American Schism by Seth David Radwell is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever books are sold. For more information, go to americanschismbook.com. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody, as we roll into the second hour of our three-hour tour today. uh, Today is the uh, first day of uh, a three-part series to uh, talk to all of the candidates that are running for Flint City Council. That election is being held in uh, November, and uh, we wanted to get a jump on the early voters and get a chance to talk to all the candidates. We uh, move this hour on to Ward Two, and um, interesting thing about Ward Two, it became an open seat when the incumbent Maurice Davis didn't make it through the primary in August. So there are two candidates. We're going to talk to the first of the two um, right now, who joins me by phone, Liddell Lewis. Liddell, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me, um, Liddell. Of course, you never know when you start one of these uh, campaigns that the incumbent isn't going to make it through the primary. But what do you think it says that there are five write-in candidates across the nine wards and uh, that uh, there are now three open seats? What what do you think that says about the Flint City Council? Well, I mean, it, it says that the people, they're tired of the same old, same old, that the citizens, that they're ready for change. 
And a lot of people are stepping up to the plate to be the change. Now, as you step up, uh, what do you bring to the table? What's, what's your background? What, what makes you um, confident that you could represent the second ward well on the Flint City Council? Well, I have an extensive track record of community service and activism, so I've been out here for years, and I, I guess that's what it kind of tells my age. I probably can't even say decades, so that's one thing. And I also have a Ph.D. in evaluation, so I'm very thorough in looking at, you know, th th what we do. So, I, so I, I like to vet processes, and I like for things to be done and be done with excellence. So that, that's just one of the many things that I will bring. And so also, um, let me just mention this too. So and also just pride back to the area because, you know, we had a 35% population drop. And so what that's saying, that more people there moving out of the second ward than moving into the second ward. So trying to establish this as being a, a good, safe place for you to, you know, live, work, and play. Let me. Since you brought it up, um, I'm going to put your evaluation skills to work here, Liddell, and have you evaluate the Flint City Council. What do, What do they get right? What do they get wrong? Well, they get right that at least the majority of them show up to the meetings, <laughs> and and get wrong. You know, a lot of people they operate out, out of their feelings. You know, this is not personal, and I hear a lot of personal attacks. I hear a lot of uh, you know, just people operating out of emotion. And you can't get the city's business done operating in that way. Isn't that, the, the personal attacks, isn't that a fire that's kind of lit by, by social media and, and just the way people talk to each other in general anymore? I mean, well, it, it can be, but, you know, and, and I do understand what you're saying, but overall... You got to look at what, what you come for. Now, if you're coming for entertainment, you know, and if you are here for entertainment, then, yes, you entertain. But if you are here to pass budgets, to, to handle the business, you're here to handle the business. You can't mix the two. And if you see that your council person or your elected representative, that they're not representing you, that they're more of the an entertainer, maybe, you know, they need to, I guess, run for something else, run for another profession. But we need people that are here for the city business that's going to handle that. So it's a time and place for everything. You know, if you want to have a spat, definitely take it to Facebook. But when we're in the city council meetings, we need to be handling nothing but the city's business. Who do you think should be collecting the trash in the city of Flint? Well, it's still up in the air. It's still up in the air with me. So, um, and, and it all depends on what they offer. So whoever gives us the, the most amount of services and also the ones that have the, the best quality track record. Because what I know is in Flint, we don't really hold, we don't have anyone to hold folks accountable. So, for example, we might go with, I'll just throw the name out there, uh, what, priority ways. And, but we don't have anyone that's holding them to task to make sure that they enforce um, everything that's, you know, in their contract. So it's pretty much like when you are appointed or elected or whatever with the city, there is no one there to make sure you are doing your job. Flint has a, a reputation for being kind of a violent city, and we've certainly seen uh, um, some efforts by the city to try to curb that violence, and there are some actions being contemplated against uh, 
Cheers Market and the so-called uh, Club Sunoco. What do you think the answer is to the kind of violence that, that Flint experiences on too often a basis? Okay, so I just want to be clear. So you, you want to know what about the violence? What can the city do in the way of policies and, and laws and, and enforcement to curb the, the violence in Flint? I mean, well, uh, a few things. So some about curbing the violence. Uh, a lot of the violence that's in Flint is it, personal, you know. So, um, so that a lot of that lies within the residents. But a few things that we can do. So we can have a national hiring campaign so we can get an adequate amount of police officers on the streets. Because I'm not saying that we need a police state, but no, we just need the allocated amount that we need for our population. Because research shows that it's approximately 300 officers per 100,000 people. Well, we have 81,000 people, so we must make sure that we are in proportion with that. And right now, as um, far as what I could tell, we're way below that, way below. Well, then, uh, you know, comparatively, uh, the city of Flint and the city of Lansing are approximately the same population, yet Lansing has twice as many police officers as Flint does. So, you know, that kind of uh, um, backs up your point. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. So, and, and they have the tax base. And then, too, you know, it, it's not... It's not, can't say lucrative to be a police officer, but, I mean, the way things are going nowadays, I mean, they, they get a lot of slack for putting on the uniform. It's, they really need support, you know, and that's talking about, like, from the prosecutor's office, talking about from the citizens, and also just administratively, like, in pay, because Flint Police Department, they're one of the lowest paid. So who really want to uh, solidify themselves in a career that's going to give them minimum pay? Yeah, so, so that's one of the um, things. And then we need to look outside our shell because Flint is not unique. We are one of the many states, or when I say human cities, throughout the country that have violent issues. So let's look and see what other people are doing. How are they handling these issues? You know, so we don't have to reinvent the wheel, but we definitely can examine other people's will and tweak it for our needs. Uh, any... Uh ideas come to mind on, on cities to look at where, where you think they might be doing it right? And I'm not trying well, to put you on the spot, Liddell. I just wondered if you'd noticed, you know, in watching this issue, uh, any place that you think, I wish we would do that. Well, you know, it, it's, it's a lot of things that we need to copy. I know the area that I come from, uh, Prince George's County, Maryland, they have different initiatives um, that they're doing. So, um, so they're one you know, one place to watch. But I'm going to be honest with you, you know, crime and violence, definitely a, a priority of mine. But, yeah, I we have so many things going on in Flint that it's hard to just put your hand on one and to be knowledgeable about everything because we have so many challenges in our city. But, yeah, but like I said, but um, turn to the county one. I know Chicago, they had a model. Baltimore, they had different models. So, you know, when we have people actually dedicated to, Looking up the research, contacting the people, seeing what's going on, and then bringing it back. Because we have people that that should be their job to do that and then bring it back. So, we have those are just a few places. Well, what do you think about the uh, the the use of the helicopter? It's a it's it's in kind of a trial phase, but do you think that that's uh, proactive? 
The helicopter is proactive. Uh, well, I'll say the state police helicopter is proactive. We haven't got had an opportunity to to use ours, but absolutely, you know, when people try to outrun the police and stuff like that, yeah, they they have the impound lot looking like a Dodge dealership. So, um, <laughs> so, so that's exactly well, what we need. We need to get those people that's driving irate and stuff, get them off the street, and the helicopter does assist with that. But again, we won't be able to utilize our helicopter until next spring. So, uh, here we are. Liddell, do you think one person can influence the the whole council to behave more professionally? No, no, it, it's more than, than just a one person deal. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. What, what can be done? I mean, as a candidate in in the second ward, you know, you're asking people to, you know, say vote for me and I will try and behave professionally. But if you're one of nine, how how does how does the city get itself on the right footing and headed in the right direction? So so my question is this. So say for example, if you do have an irate council person representing your ward, my question is, what can the citizens do about that? Can the citizens remove them? Is there an ordinance that speaks to that? And if not, should that be something that we need to look into? Because it's a definitely a remedy for for everything. But what I can bring to the table, yeah, I bring my professionalism, so I can be an example for the second ward, uh, you know, council. But as far as everyone else, no. I mean, yeah, the citizens. I mean, this has to be a proactive thing. You know, if you don't like the way you're represented, if you think that it's a clown show down there, then you need to speak up and speak out. And then, and we need to take action. But if the citizens don't don't say much, if it's just a handful of citizens, they're going to keep doing what they're doing. Um, Liddell, I've got to take a uh, a break here break. in in about a minute. Um, can you stick around for a few minutes so we can talk some more? Sure, not a problem. Okay. My guest is uh, Liddell Lewis. She is uh, one of the uh, two candidates running in what is now an open seat for um, a seat on the city council from the ward, uh, from the second ward. And uh, coming up next hour, we'll talk with the uh, candidates for the third ward. Thursday and Friday um, are parts two and three of this series to uh, go one-on-one with all of the people running for Flint City Council. That election is being held in uh, November. But we wanted to get ahead of uh, some of the early voters and uh, get a chance on our show this week to... um, go through and you know basically meet one-on-one with all the candidates so we're in the middle of doing that and i thank uh, liddell lewis for being part of that and we'll talk with liddell some more coming up after we let our broadcast partners from wfov 92.1 lpfm our voices radio in flint squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break Uh, If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. We'll be back with more right after this. Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, Keep wearing masks correctly and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19 and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call The X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed, a magical place with magical charms, indoors, indoors, indoors.
Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue our conversation now with the uh, uh, with a candidate for the uh, second ward seat on the Flint City Council. Liddell Lewis joins me by phone. Liddell, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry to make you sit through all that. <laughs> Not a problem. Um, Liddell, what are you hearing from people as you campaign for this seat on the city council? Well, well they're just saying that that they want some new blood and that, that they want something new, you know. And um, and that's basically what, what I'm, I'm here to bring. You know, they're tired of the same old, same old uh, broken promises. Uh, yeah, just dilapidating neighborhoods. So that's basically what i heard and that's what led me to to jump into the race do you think things are different in the uh, second ward or or the the interests of uh residents of the second ward are different from the interests of people in other wards around the city i wouldn't say so no i would say that the second ward interests are not being met but um but definitely yeah they have the same interest they want to be safe they want a nice neighborhood. They want their garbage collected on time and in, in its entirety. You know, uh, yeah, so pretty much the same thing. And how are you going about your campaign and, and getting yourself known to the residents of the second ward so they can cast their votes in November or before if they're early voters? Well, you know, I, I've been out here doing the work for, uh, for a minute. I've been... I'm also a park adopter. So when I say I'm really out here, I've been out here for a long time. So, yep. So here we go. Um, I've been having events all summer in the park. i um, been doing cleanups um, in the neighborhood. And not just because I'm on the campaign trail, but because I actually live here. <laughs> like, um, you know, a lot of people. Yeah, I, I don't, this isn't a rental house. This is where I live. So when I drive, past the same um, blight everybody else do yeah it bothers me so unlike many i get out the car and i pick it up or i coordinate an effort to you know to, to get it picked up working on um collaborating with showing other other neighborhoods how to start neighborhood associations because i started the cyber park neighborhood association one year ago during the pandemic and we have pretty much taken off we've been doing a lot of great things and really re- revitalized the pride and and just the uh, yeah, the pride in our in our neighborhood. So you can really tell when you come to our neighborhood because we even started a grass cutting, like like a little cooperative where the, some of the residents that bought into it they just donate twenty dollars for the summer and we use that to stay in front of the abandoned properties and et cetera. So you know, because again, we can't wait for the land bank. We can't wait for someone to make change. We must be that change. So those are just something I'm doing. Also, I do like a lot of collaborative things as well you know so for example for national night out so that's one of the things that we did in the dmv so i brought that back and it's my goal to keep that on the citywide level so to keep things like that going on the citywide level so i mean i I do a lot and and that's just what i'm doing and one of my platforms is constituent education because a lot of the residents they don't know what's going on they have no clue so I, I want to make sure that I find out the best method to contact them, to reach them. Some people are on Facebook. Some people are not. Some people do email. Some people don't. You know, some people still need stuff delivered. But I want to make sure that they get the information that they need because we have a lot of 
things that are important coming up, like the redistricting. Like he doesn't know what that is. So I want to make sure that I get the constituents the knowledge that they need to be an effective citizen. Does the city of Flint have the resources it needs to meet its financial obligations and uh, provide the services that the city of Flint uh, residents uh, need? Well, well, I do know that we have 55% renters here. Our tax base has really shrank, but um, we can do, we can be better stewards of our finances. So I do know that we're operating um, in a deficit because we have a lot of retirees and stuff. So the city, the city have a lot of bills, and it doesn't have uh, enough income coming in. So I definitely understand that. But at the same time, you must be a good steward of the resources that you do have. And that's one of the things that I, I really want to bring to the table, too, to make sure that we're not just blowing money in the wind, you know, and, and we're not giving grants back. I heard on more than several occasions when the city of Flint, we had to give money back to the government. So either we didn't spend it or we didn't spend it right. With um, the election coming up in, in November, um, what are you, how can people find out more about you and your campaign? Yeah, well, I, I'm on Facebook. You have um, Liddell Lewis for Second Ward. And also, they can just reach out and call me, email. So, well, uh, yeah. Liddell, we just have a, a, a couple of minutes left, and, and uh, um, I, I, I guess I, I'll just ask anything that you'd like to share with potential voters um, that that would encourage them to support your campaign? Right. Well, you know, voting for me is, is like voting for yourself because I'm totally for um, pro progressive. One second. I I'm totally for progressive change. Okay. So um, I, I, I don't have a, a cohort. I don't have a, a clique or crew that I roll with. I am team second ward. I'm team the people. So um, I, I don't have any, any loyalties, you know. So you voting for me is like voting for you. And if you like what I'm doing, because I'm already out here, we're planning uh, a big a big um, candy hunt at Max Brandon Park just so we can bring activities back to the north side. Yeah, please, you got to excuse me. So we're in Max Brandon Park right now planning for the, the event. But, yeah, so that's why you hear all that noise in the background. But, yeah, but this is what I do. This is what I've been doing. So if you like what you see, if you like me standing up to administration and advocating for for you on your behalf, then vote for me. But otherwise, yeah, I, I, I always say this. The people, they will get the candidates that they deserve. <laughs> so whoever you vote for, that's who you'll get. Well, Liddell, thank you for spending this time with me this morning, and uh, best of luck to you. Keep on keeping on. I I, I don't have a choice. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Take care. Bye-bye. That was Liddell Lewis. She is one of uh, two candidates on the ballot for Ward 2 in the uh, November election for Flint City Council. And uh, we are in day one of three days of uh, meeting all of the different uh, candidates from the, the nine wards in the city of Flint that are up for election in November. Tomorrow, of course, we'll break for armchair politics, but Thursday we'll have uh, wards 4, 5, and 6, and on Friday, wards 7, 8, and 9. Um, 
I'm going to take a short break, and we're going to uh, talk with the other candidate in Ward 2. And then next hour, we'll look at the candidates from Ward 3. So stay tuned. More of the Tom Sumner program is straight ahead. Hey, on behalf Team of Detroit, beats on the chat. Hey, we want to present these buffs to our governor. Hey, Grinch. Throw the buffs on her face, cause that's Big Grinch. We ain't even about to stretch. We got Big Grinch. You can find her in the press under Big Grinch. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's Big Grinch. Throw the buffs on her face, cause that's Big Grinch. We ain't even about to stretch. We got Big Grinch. At all. You can find her in the press under Big Grinch. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's Big Grinch. Come on. Big Grinch and this bitch playing no roles. At Excuse all. all the cussing, that's just how I get my flow on. For real. If you want to leave the state, you can stay gone. But right now, Big Grinch said stay home. All that protesting was irrelevant. irrelevant. Big Grinch ain't trying to hear y'all or the president. How we going to take orders from a non-resident? Talking about it safe, but he ain't coming with the evidence. Big Grinch got him shook now. When it's all over, you invited to the cookout. When it's all over, you deserve to get took out. Big Grinch with the buffs on on the lookout. Uh. And she doing it for Michigan, so when she hit the stand, everybody should be listening. She on that pair of buffs with the ice and the glistening. On behalf of the whole Detroit mission. Throw the buffs on her face, cause that's Big Grinch. We ain't even about to stretch. We got Big Grinch. At all. You can find her in the press. Under Big Grinch. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's Big Grinch. Throw the buffs on her face, cause that's Big Grinch. We ain't even about to stretch. We got Big Grinch. At all. You can find her in the press. Under Big Grinch. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's Big Grinch. Grinch. Welcome back, everybody. We continue with our conversations one-on-one with the candidates for Flint City Council, that election uh, being decided in November. We're talking to the candidates from Ward 2 this hour, and joining me by phone is uh, Audrey Young. Hi, Audrey. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Um, Audrey, let me uh, just ask this. This is... um, kind of a different election in a couple of ways um there ended up being three open seats uh ward two didn't start out as an open seat but the incumbent didn't make it through the primary so it is now an open seat but there are three open seats and there are five candidates uh, that are running as write-in candidates it's unusual to have even one um yeah. Why do you think that is, that there are so many write-in candidates and, and so many open seats? Well, to start off with the write-in candidates, um, me personally knowing of two of them, um, there was some mix-ups with some of the signatures that went in. Um, not quite sure why people didn't qualify. Like, you had to have 75 signatures. They were, like, at 71 and 72. 
So some of the ones that they had was disputable, but I don't think they disputed it in time to get that overturned. So that I know that was the case with at least two of them. Um, a couple of other ones, they were actually um, ones who did turn in petitions um, in those other wards, but they did not qualify either likewise. And then we just got so many things going on here in Flint right now that you got people who want to be a voice. They want to be a voice for the people here um, in the city. So I think that's what increased that number for the write-in candidates. Um, like you say, you don't hear of five wards having write-in candidates. but No, it's you know, unusual to have one. You yeah. know, and across nine wards, there are, are five but, candidates. Um, it's understandable in the two in the two uh, in the first ward and the ninth ward where there's only one mm -hmm. candidate on the ballot that inspires people but um right but but it's unusual to have five but i want to ask it because it's also unusual for an incumbent not to make it through a primary usually right. in a primary and in this case uh, second ward uh, council member maurice davis was running for re-election but he didn't make it through the primary why do you think that is you got great people here in the second ward. Um, there was, you know, some things, there was some discrepancies um, with, um, with Councilman Davis. Um, Do you think it you was know, his endorsement and, and support of Donald Trump? Many people say that, but it could be that. It could be other things, too. Um, it could be just some dissatisfaction from some of the uh, residents. Um, you know, it. it like he he stated even last night, you know, it can be a hard job to perform when you are a city council person. And just looking ahead and looking and seeing what the what's the fulfillment of that. Many people want to hear back from their council person, but the people also got to know that the that the uh, the ward belongs to the people. It don't only belongs to that council person. It's going to take everybody collectively to work. But they did want to um, hear some back from him. Like if they called him, they wanted to get a response. Um, things that weren't getting done and some of the things I hear them saying now that were not done during that time, some of that takes is not just on the council person to get done. It takes the people to call and follow through and help the council person to get it done. So I think in that respect, that might have been a big part of it, but a lot of people say that from Donald Trump, him and him endorsing him. But I think also it was just some other things that was some dissatisfaction too. So yeah, how are that, you? That's just the feedback I've been getting anyway. Um, what kind of feedback are you getting? How are you going about your your campaign in in reaching people and convincing them to support you? And what are you hearing back from people? Um, people basically want to know that you care. That's one thing. We got so many issues that's going on around here in the city, and, I'm, and when I'm at somebody's house, I'm trying to help them with getting, finding out a way to solve the problem, not just complain about the problem. And that's what people want to see. They, like one gentleman said to me the other day, he said, are you looking or are you cooking? Because if you're just sitting around looking and hearing what's going on, that's not enough. You got to be active out there. You got to be working with your people that's downtown, your governmental officials. You got to be working with people that's um, community outreaches. You got to give information to people. As a matter of fact, when I get off the phone here, I got to go to back to someone's house and make sure that I give them the number so we can follow through with um, a complaint that we did call in that of uh, some things that needed to be done on their street. We got street lights out. Are we working to advocate to get those street lights? taken care of and one street don't even have a street light and the corner is very dark 
I rode through there on purpose at night. And they said they've been complaining for years about that particular corner with no street lights. So those are the kind of things that people want to see that you're not only just talking about it, but you're being about it. you got to keep calling. And those are the things I've been doing that for years. It ain't got nothing to do with running for a second war council. It's got to do with just caring about people and trying to help people get problems solved. Are the interests of the uh, residents in the second ward different than the residents in other wards around the city, do you think? Um, I think they're similar but different. So, like, even just in the second ward, you go in one area, the main concern is trees falling down, sidewalks buckling. You go in another part of the area, their main concern is we ain't got no streetlights over here. You go in another one, we got people dumping over here. So I think you're going to have a difference depending on what street you go on. It's not just the ward. It's the, it's the precinct or the area that you go in within that ward, too. Everybody got a different kind of concern and need. You go in some, one street, the basic complaints that I heard, it wasn't streetlights or anything else, they're concerned with the neighborhood store and the problems that it's bringing and why we can't get police protection over there and why the police are not going and surveying it any differently than what they have been. So those are it just depending on where you're at. All of the concerns are similar but still got little special differences to each one of them. So, yeah, I've been finding that out too, you know. Sometimes I got, like, the drag racing. You go on, on one street, they say, hey, nobody's stopping at this sign. When are we going to get uh, speed bumps out here on this street? Then you go to the next street, they say, you know, that tree been looking like it's going to fall over. And then we had the other tree that did fall over on the house. It was an abandoned house, but it's leaning over on a house that's occupied. And just because it's on private property, the city said, well, then we ain't responsible. But somebody's responsible. Go after the homeowner. If the homeowner just so happened to be the city or land bank, let's do something about it. Because it's not doing anything for that resident in that house next door to them, their safety. And that tree is going to eventually just keep going down further and further. And how much damage is it going to do? We can't keep costing, uh, uh, putting off taking care of a problem at the cost of a life and safety. We got to figure these things out and figure out a way. Sidewalks buckled because of tree roots, some of them coming from the street side of the, um, of the sidewalk. And then somebody walk down the street and fall and hurt themselves. The city's not going to want to pay out for the damages that's done to that person but it's on the city side of the sidewalk and the city sidewalk. This one family, they're tearing their car up, going in and out of their driveway because of the sidewalk being broken. We, we called downtown. We left a message. That's one of the people that I'm going back to their houses today to follow up and see if they got a follow-up call from Mike Brown downtown. He told us to call them if we got the issues. I got the car with the phone numbers on it, and I give it to the people, and I call them while I'm standing right there with them. So they can see that we are actually making the complaints or that we're actually trying to get through to somebody to talk to them and everything. Those are the things got to get taken care of. And then, like I say, it's not just from today. It's not just because I'm running for a second war, but these are things that I have been doing and advocating for, for years. And I'm going to keep doing it after November the 2nd, regardless to the results of the election. We're going to keep doing it. Audrey, um, a lot of people watch the Flint City Council, and they're they're mm -hmm. very critical of meetings running into the wee hours of the morning and things not getting done and so on. Um, what what is your impression of the City Council? What do they get wrong? What do they get right? And um, and and 
doesn't it seem a little bit crazy to want to be part of it? Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? It seems crazy to be want to be a part of it if you don't feel like you can be a change. That's I'll say that number one. Um, I, I you know we got saying that you know faith and, cur- and courage seem crazy to a person that's looking from the outside, but you got to have faith and you got to have courage. So those things are definitely a must. You got to have that in order to want to run for Flint City Council. You got to have courage and you got to have faith. You know, we got the problems. It's, it's things that you can see from external, and you got to be able to try to figure out how can you make the meetings go smoother and be better. I remember going to council meetings, and they were done and over with at nine. I do remember that several years ago, even in the beginning part of the water crisis. It was, it was, the, the meetings didn't last that long. Part of it is, we have, we have, what, five things that they had on the agenda. You had all of these different, you have committee meetings, multiple committee meetings on one night. You can't do that and think that you're not going to be there till late or into the wee hours of the night. Last night, the quorum was broke. So, of course, that ended the meeting earlier than what it had been being ended. And I still think it was, it was probably 1130 at that time or after that. I don't even remember what time when I turned over and looked at the clock and, and just turned the phone off when I heard them getting off of there. But we had made comments on five different items already that was presented to the public, which was speeded through, which was okay because people didn't have really comments to make. But you got to think about it. Be efficient for the people. You're wearing out the people by having all of these things on the same agenda for the same night. And then you're mad. And then the people get mad and say, I don't want to listen to all of that. And it's making the people turn against the council and what it is that they out there to do. People do not give up. Keep listening. Keep being a part of the change and making it better. That's what's going to make it better is that we got to keep and stay steadfast. Don't be in for a season. Stick to it to the long haul. Stay with it. If you can't tolerate it, it's okay. Pull back for a meeting or two, but come back. Don't give up. That's all I'm asking. Don't give up. What do you think would make the council run more efficiently? If all of them studied and learned the rules and followed the rules, they don't. They don't follow the rules. And there's rules that's, that, that's been put into place. Some of the things, and, and some of it is growth and change, because you just think about it, the charter changed a little bit. And some of the things, according to the charter, with them trying to change how they're handling the, the, um, the city council meetings, it's throwing it all off base because people are still learning that. But even just the basic rules that was there before, many of them don't want to, their interpretation of the rules, depending on the day. And I'm just going to say it, I see it. It, it switches and it changes. Take, take, stop having all these committee meetings on the same night. <laughs> that does it because each committee meeting takes about an hour, hour and a half, two hours or longer to be able to go through and do it. And then you've got the, the different the rules that you got to keep going over because people forgetting or they changing the rules or they want to adopt a new rule in the middle. That's all ridiculous and crazy because it's not benefiting the people. So we got to be an influence to have help with the change on that. It's going to be, if not after November the 2nd, it's going to be the same exact thing again. And that's what we do not do not want to happen. We need new people to be in there with new, uh, uh, that's seen the problem, but can come in and help to change what that problem is. Audrey, I need to take a short break here. Can you stick around so we can talk a little bit more? 
I sure can. Thank you. Okay, my guest is Audrey Young. She is a candidate for a seat on the Flint City Council in the Second War, that election coming up in November. We're going to let our broadcast partner squeeze a few words in. If you're streaming us, we have some messages as well. Hello there, citizens. Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination? A COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Armchair Politics is going to hell. Hell, Michigan, that is, and you're invited. On October 27th, Wednesday before Halloween, Armchair Politics will be broadcasting live from 9 a.m. to noon from the Hell Saloon in Hell, Michigan, near Pinckney. This will be our first in-person meeting of the Tom Sumner Program's weekly roundtable armchair politics since the beginning of the pandemic. Join me and roundtable regulars Flint's premier political pundit Paul Rosicki on the left and longtime Genesee County Republican Henry Hatter on the right, plus more on Wednesday, October 27, 2021, starting at 9 a.m. at the Hell Saloon. Armchair politics is going to hell, and you can too. Objection. I object. I object to that, Your Honor. Oh, hi, Mom. What's up? Dana, what are you doing? Oh, you know, just um, Attorney General stuff. Listen, I have a legal question. What is it, Mom? I just got a call from the water company. Apparently, your father has not been paying the bill. I guess they're going to turn the water off because we owe more than $1,000 now. Can you believe it? Actually, I can't. So listen, we just have to send them $200 in Edible Arrangements gift cards and that will keep the water on. Now, here's the legal question. What is the website for Edible Arrangements? Mom, it's an imposter scam. Imposter scam. Is that .com or .edu? No, the call was a scam. Scammers will pretend to be a government agency or a utility company or someone else you might do business with. A big red flag is if they tell you that you can pay them using gift cards. So when in doubt, ask for the information to be sent to you in writing. And never give a caller or someone you don't know your personal information or your money. If you do suspect an imposter scam, Report it to my office at mi 
agcomplaints. Okay, all right. And Dina, where do I file a complaint that my daughter hasn't visited in over a month? Does your office have a website for that? Okay, Mom, I'm hanging up now. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue uh, with our one-on-one conversations with the candidates for Flint City Council. Audrey Young is uh, running for a seat uh, from the second ward, and she joins me by phone. Audrey, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry to make you sit through all that. That's okay. I enjoy it. Especially the one about Dana Nestle and the mom. That was funny. Isn't that, that was isn't she a scream? Uh, um, Dana Nestle has done several of those on YouTube, just different uh, public service announcement things, but they're acted out like little skits, and they're they're really fun. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, there's a lot of people who look at the city council as being kind of fun to watch. Um, is is it fun when you watch it, or or do you watch city council meetings and think? Yeah, we just we got to do this different. We got to do it different. We we definitely have to do it, it different. It's it's funny, but not ha ha funny. It's just <laughs> it's ridiculously funny because um we we got to do something different. We definitely do. We have to figure out what it is that's the actual problem. Um, training is definitely doesn't seem like it helped. Um, you got to have training from non-biased people. Um, that that's one thing that definitely have to occur. Um, but just some of the basic training on how to work um, the Robert rules and those kind of things, and some better control, better. You know, <laughs> you got to just have better control in the meetings. And it's like the only thing that we have there um, when we was in person was, of course, the police officer that was there at the beck and call if somebody called them up to, you know, kind of bring some order, but that's, that doesn't even bring order. That's that's not it. And especially when you see it in the audience and the people in the community can see some of the biases that's going on with, the, you know, with it between the different council people. Um, it's okay when it's one person doing it and it's not okay. You speak up quicker and faster when it's one person, but you don't do when it's others. Um, it's kind of going around the table, and it's it's not it's not good. It's it's not good. It doesn't give a good look to the people who they're serving, and it's doing a great disservice. It really actually um, is. We just got they got to listen a little bit more, and they got to listen to the the cries from the people. Um, you know, we seen that and witnessed that. You know, last night we got the community that want to express themselves. You know, um, it's just some things that's happening there with that council overall. You can't convince me that they're not on the sideline making calls and things to each other or one another or texting, putting putting them on Zoom can eliminate a lot of those issues and problems because now you can see them. They're not making those sidebar phone phone calls to other folks. Um, One time we actually heard the council talking to someone else. There was a time when we heard one of the council people talking to someone else. So those kind of things should be eliminated. I understand not going back in person because of the increase in the in the um, COVID numbers. 
But however, you can you, we can do Zoom. You they could do Zoom, and they could they can eliminate a lot of problems. It's either we gonna be on the phone or we are gonna be in person. No, you got a median that you can actually do and handle a lot of those problems, and it would take care of a lot of the issues right there. Yep. I'm guaranteeing you that some of them are being fed information and talking and doing those talkings amongst each other while they're on those calls and supposed to be paying attention. Audrey, what do you think the uh, council should be focusing on? What are the issues that you think really need the most uh, attention in addressing? We still have people complaining about not having their, their lead service lines checked. <laughs> I mean, those things should have been done. Uh, we still got people complaining about their yards not even getting fixed afterwards. I was told personally by Mike Brown that they don't have any more money, but yet and still he told a person, another resident in the second ward, that they're going to get to her by November. And then if they if something happened and they don't get to her, they'll give her a call. I told her, you better be prepared to call them. Because he just told, had just told me a couple of days before that, that that the company ran out of money and they weren't doing no more lawns this year. That came from somebody from downtown with the city. So don't tell and tell me something and then tell somebody else something because you're trying to blow us off and buy yourself some time. That's not cool and good. But the city council right now, we know that we got that $47 million that's still supposed to be sitting down there and it's ready for us to be able to use and they're being held up we need city council we need some need some tightening up so that way that the people will stop suffering safety issues we still haven't even fully addressed those they approve for the helicopter but the helicopter my understanding won't go up between before 2022 but still right now we got people still shooting killing and dying we got other things you could put cameras up we got we got some issues right here around the corner for me at a store where the neighborhood is complaining about the crime going up because of that store. Putting some sanctions on these stores that have the high level of crime that's going at them, and they don't want to end um, abide by the no soliciting and all of that kind of stuff, no loitering signs that they have out in front of these stores. The, the, the police is, is limited because it's private property. However, if you get an ordinance in place, they're going to have to take care of that. And it's putting everybody at risk. Straight bullets don't have eyes and they sh if they're shooting at one another. That's a safe, big safety concern, especially for people who live that can look out their front door and see the store. That's a big safety concern. We already know blight has been around here, We and, and supposedly blight is being taken care of. But, however, hopefully this new garbage company will do something different. Because if you got um, strayed mattresses sitting on a on a um, vacant lot, who's going to pick it up? Is the question. If we go out and put uh, put um, clear plastic bags on it, still who's going to pick it up? If we don't have a dumpster there, now we got to go and request a dumpster to be put out here to pick up garbage around the city. That's a city problem. It's not the residents of Flint that should be going out here cleaning up blight for free of charge for the city. The city gets money for that. They hire employees for that. We'll help your employees, but get your employees out there to work and do it. That's what we want to see. Quit putting that back on the residents of the city. I don't live on, or I don't live four blocks over. I live on my block. We take care of this block. However, the elderly on that block should be able to get taken care of. Those are things we want to see city council start to find them ways to work with these, these trash removal companies. Hopefully this one will be a little better, 
that we got now. But we want to see those kind of things happening because if you got happy residents, then people are going to be more likely to be ready to take care of the property that's around them. Look at the grass. We need to start working on now what's going to be the program for us to have snow removal done. That should have been already uh, talked about. And grass cut when the spring come next year. We can't wait till spring come and start talking about it. We need to start talking about it now. Be proactive and not reactive is what we got to start doing. Those are kind of things I would like to see coming from the city council is them talking and discussing that right now and we're lowering our water rate. They complain about people not paying the bill. Not when you got a ridiculous water rate over our head and we paying a bond for water that we can't even thoroughly use. We can't. I use the water to flush the toilet and I try to take a quick shower in the water. I have to wash clothes. I'm stuck. But I don't use it to drink and consume for my family, but the water rates are so ridiculously high, it don't make sense. Even with me buying water to use, it's ridiculously high because now I got that bill and this bill for water. So let's, I mean, cause those are the things we want city council to start addressing for the residents here in Flint. Audrey, um, where can people find out more about you and your positions and your campaign? I'm on I'm on Facebook, my home. They can call me. I'm I'm open for phone calls. I'm out in the community. I have been going to um some of the community events. I don't have a per se campaign headquarters. We had a beautiful block party over here. Met out with a lot of people. Um, my phone number is area code eight one zero. Four two three one one eight one. They can call me if they're willing to want to come in help. Um, I'm on Facebook as Audrey F Young Muhammad. They can find me there. That's where a lot of my things get posted on Facebook. I do not have a website, um, but I am I am accessible, easily accessible for people who want to help. People who want to ask me more questions about what it is that I'm doing, uh, want to get involved. Um, we are um, talking more and more about disaster preparedness. We got to start doing that with our county. The county need to get involved with us as well as the city. Um, that was a whole another whole set of, another set of issues there, Tom. Too, we don't have proper fallout centers here in Flint. People don't know that and don't realize that. Um, for for um, if we have a disaster here, but yeah, we do want you, we do want I do want people to be able to catch me and get in touch with me. My email is change for justice flint at gmail dot com. Change with the number four, justiceflint at gmail.com. You can reach me there also. Well, Audrey, thanks for spending this time with me today. Keep up, uh, keep up the good work. Keep on keeping on. Okay, thank you so much, Tom. I appreciate it. You have a blessed day. All right, take care. Mm-hmm, bye-bye. That was Audrey Young. She's a candidate for the uh, second ward seat on the Flint City Council. That election coming up in November. And today is day one of three days of uh, meeting all of the candidates for Flint City Council. Uh, Getting a chance to go one-on-one with uh, all of the candidates. Um, Coming up next hour, we'll look at the candidates from Ward 3. Then, of course, tomorrow we'll break for uh, Armchair Politics, our weekly uh, political roundtable. And then Thursday, we'll look at Wards 4, 5, and 6. And on Friday, Wards 7, 8, and 9. So we'll uh, continue with this uh, three-part series. And we'll continue with today's 
edition of this, uh, the first of this three-part series, when we uh, take a look at all of the candidates for um, the third ward seat, starting with uh, Quincy Murphy coming up right after we uh, break for show ID, etc. And uh, don't forget, tomorrow is armchair politics. So. Don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. More City Council candidates straight ahead. Hi, I'm Alexander Zanjic. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner.